golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4, in the house, Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet. And that is no April Fool's joke, Rich B. You're all about that April Fool's joke. I didn't pull too many pranks today. How about you? No. No, no, no. But I did have one pulled on me. I'd say uh, the traffic on I-4 is just no joke today, man. It's terrible. So uh, just relax. Take your time. And we'll take you home on the fairways of I-4 here. You got a little morning voice going. You you know, I was a little under the weather last week. Uh, The pollen, just miserable, huh? Yeah, it's a little rough out there. It is. It's a brutal time of year. But... um, you know, hey, carry on. And, hey, Rich B., I got out on the links last Thursday, played in the member guest out at Orange Tree Golf Club. Lovely Orange Tree over there off of Dr. Phillips in and the backyard of Bay Hill. Did you hit it straight? Hit it straight. You got to hit it straight. And um, putt pretty well, actually. Big shout-out to my partner in crime, Shannon Wisney, over at Orange Tree. We had a blast, and um, oh, we didn't bring any of the hardware home, unfortunately. Oh, that's got to be killing you, Holly. I know. You're a winner. But we won the Volvic Challenge around the loop. You know, really? the infamous loop, 16, oh, yeah. 17, and 18 there. Nice. So, uh, you know. Won a, won a few golf balls. I got my own swag. It was kind of fun. Yeah, so, speaking of Volva, Volvic, that's the LPGA uh, ball uh, of the year out there. Well, based right here in Orlando. They're doing some kind of Shout job. out to my good friend, John Claffey, who's their marketing and sales director. Yeah, based right here in Orlando. Great company. Came out with a tour ball uh, last year and um, making some big headway on the Champions Tour. And I think um, they got their eyes on a PGA Tour player. So um, I think we'll be hearing some news from them real soon as well. How about you? Did you tee it up? Any any section events? You're going to love this. I did the uh, Waldorf Sunday morning. How's that? Oh, la-di-da. Very, very high-end golf over there at the Waldorf. And uh, it's a beautiful golf course. And my friend Alan Bester invited me over. So, uh, yeah, it was cool. Very cool. Very nice. So how about the golf this weekend? Jimmy Walker. He, Big, uh, he, tall He Texan, put it on him. Slamming the door with another Texan chasing down his heels. Jordan Spieth, who 
goes four birdies in a row. Gains not much ground. No, as as uh, Jimmy had a couple of amazing pars of his own. Clutch putt on 15, birdie 16 and 17. Yeah, everybody's waiting for this guy to cave. I don't see uh, him caving. And I'm really surprised that he's not playing this week in the uh, Shell Houston Open. Uh, trying to go he's back going to, to Augusta. Back. Yeah, well, I mean, go back to back in your home state. That's pretty big. Yeah, but I think maybe that would not be good mojo going into Augusta. I think his eyes are set. Speaking of uh, Augusta, your boy showed up uh, and played a little bit of golf up there. Tiger Woods Supposedly. on the radar. He's on the radar. What do you think? I think he's teeing it up. Yeah, there's no way he's he's going to miss. He can't that. sit on the bench, not for not for the, the masters. masters. And let's face it, there aren't that many more majors in his sights, right? I mean, hey. Well, he's uh, he'll be exempt to uh, play in those for quite some time. But I mean in terms of winning. Um, really? And he's still got, you bet, he's still got his eye set on Jack's number. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's possible. But he's got to, you know, start playing. Uh, you know, I mean, sitting on the bench is not going to uh, get it done. So, you know, uh, with... Uh, but only Tiger Woods. Rory McIlroy. I mean, uh, you know, he's got to go out there and beat Rory. Uh, you know, uh, you know, these guys are on fire right now. Jordan speaking at the top of their game. I think he's probably going to be my favorite going into Augusta. Who, Jordan? Yeah. Oh my. What about Bubba? All right, I got a sneak pick. Are we going to uh, gonna... Zach Johnson? Ooh. My sneak pick. Well, uh, I think we'll have a lot of. Um... Masters uh, talk here a little bit later. we got a great show tonight. We've got Bob Herrig from ESPN.com coming up, as well as Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. The Drive, Chip, and Putt going to be broadcast on Sunday, which uh, that's always fun to see the kids. That's the second year for the Drive, Chip, and Putt, and uh, I, I just can't wait to watch that. And then we've got the first major of the year for the LPGA this week in Palm Springs, and we're going to be checking in with the press room there. So we've got a lot of golf talk coming up. Stay with us. The Golf Insiders will be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Gulf Insider is taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Rich B. And, hey, Rich, this is no April Fool's joke either. Our good friend Terry Purdom celebrating 16 years publishing Florida Golf Central Magazine. Now, Southern Golf Central covering all the Southeast. And congratulations to our good friend, the Queen Bee, Terry Purdom. Golf clap. Great, great little magazine. If you have a chance to pick one up around your golf shop somewhere, take it home and read it. It's enjoyable. It's, you know, local you know news that uh, doesn't usually get printed. Hey, and they cover more charity events than any publication I know throughout the state of Florida. She works her little tail off. Any other uh, news we can use out there, Rich B? News you can use. Uh, you know, a lot of last week's wins and losses were uh, due to the 
the draw on the tee sheet. Now, Thursday morning, these guys got crushed over there. They were shooting some huge, huge numbers, and I think that, uh, uh, you know, if you could keep it somewhere around par, I mean, you were doing really good on Thursday morning. That's a tough golf course. Sneaky tough. In the wind. You How know, about the bunker in the middle of the green on 16, the par 3? crazy. I don't know. I have <laughs> never seen that before. That is, uh, you know, that's tricky. And then you got the creek going down 18, splitting the fairway. Fun golf course to watch. And uh, the Texas swing continues with the Shell Houston Open. And we'll waste no more time going to our main man, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob. Hey, how you guys doing? We're doing well. Uh, how'd you make out in your uh, in your little fantasy points there last week? Or I should say Sunday. Yeah, I had Jason Kokrak, who uh, didn't do poorly by me. He actually had a great chance to finish in the top ten. He ended up being a shot out. And so, you know, uh, since we accumulate the money in points that uh, that the player earns, it was a good week. Uh, obviously, I didn't have a winner, but, uh, um, you know, I'm uh, still, still doing okay in the competition, I, I should say. All right, so let's first get an update because you did have a story on ESPN.com today about uh, Tiger, and, of course, word is out that he was there yesterday playing a practice round. Any update at this point? Yeah, nothing more than than what I had earlier, which was that he actually did play 18 holes there yesterday. Um, There was a lot of chatter yesterday that he was in town because, the Augusta Chronicle spotted his airplane, uh, his private jet at the at the local airport, um, and you know, obviously um, it wouldn't made a whole lot of sense for the plane to be in Augusta for any other reason than for him to be at the golf course. And sure enough, we found out later that he was there. He played 18 holes. Apparently, he played with two members. Uh, his caddy Joe Lacava made the trip, although the way it works is he doesn't caddy in that instance, but apparently he was there to watch, walk around, get some yardages. I mean, all of that seems to suggest that Tiger is doing everything he can to try to play next week, but there's still been no decision, and that makes you wonder really where it's at. I mean, if it were, if everything were fine and perfect, why wouldn't he just go ahead and say it right now? Um, he's not done that for some reason, which we can only guess means he's still trying to decide. I mean, he's trying to weigh the pros and cons, and maybe that means not everything is right in his game, even though there's been some, some positive reports. You know, Tim Rosaford has reported that, you know, the, the game has turned around here lately at home at the medalist, and, and it's been trending a lot better. Uh, you know, is it good enough that he'll say, yes, I'll, I'll try the Masters? You know, I think that's what we're waiting to find out here in the next couple of days, because I don't see it going into next week. Uh, I, I don't think that would be good form on his part to wait. You know, I think he's he's got to say something here in the next couple of days. Well, because there's what, as you reported, also one spot remaining in the Masters field, and of course, you know, they do have to fill the spots. No, no, actually, he none of that is is of of matters really in, in terms of Tiger. He, there's no alternates. There's one spot up for grabs this week at the Houston Open. If the winner of the tournament is not already in the field, that player will get in. But Tiger has no effect on the field. That's a good thing in that he doesn't have to say yes or no and worry about an alternate getting in or not. If he if he doesn't play, nobody takes his spot. But I do think there is you know some semblance of courtesy. You know they they've got to do the tee times. Uh, 
You know, I, I don't think the Masters, I don't think Tiger, frankly, wants to be the story on Monday if he's not playing. You know, but yet that will be the story if he's not playing, and that's when we find out. If he, if he tells us today, tomorrow, Friday that he's not playing, obviously it's a big story. But then we get into the tournament. We get into the tournament week, and same thing if if he says he is playing. You know, okay, it's going to be a big deal when he announces that he is playing, and then he'll be the, he'll be a story next week. But we can also get into the coverage of the tournament. So that's why I sort of think, um, you know, courtesy suggests he let them know here in the next couple of days and not let it linger into next week. Uh, so let's look at the uh, the the winner. Jimmy Walker breaking the 54 hole jinx that's been going on so far this year on tour. And, uh, you know, he, he closed the door with a pretty strong putting performance and he racks up his second win of the 2015 season. Pretty impressive. And the first guy to win twice in this season, going back to October, which um, is also impressive. And then you, you throw in that he lost in a playoff to Patrick Reed at, the, at Kapalua, and it's a heck of a year. And, uh, you know, I don't know that you call him a sleeper for the Masters, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, he was tied for eighth in his first appearance at Augusta last year. He had three top tens in the majors last year. I mean, in, later in his career here, you know, obviously post-age 35, he has found something. He's won five times now uh, after having not won at all prior to the fall of 2013. And uh, he was a pretty good player for the U.S. at the Ryder Cup last year. Uh, in fact, uh, on the side, somebody mentioned to me earlier today, I think if they'd have had Dustin Johnson at the Ryder Cup, you had D- Dustin Johnson, who obviously had a great year last year, playing well now, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Reed, Jimmy Walker, you know, all of a sudden that team maybe maybe is a little bit different if you add him in the mix, too. But uh, anyway, Jimmy Walker is, uh, you know, I, I think you got to kind of like him. Now, I know he withdrew this week because he got sick. Uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes that's a good thing. Maybe uh, maybe he, he calms down the nerves a little bit and, and doesn't go in there too keyed up next week, and it helps him. I got your sleeper pick for the Masters. I'm on Zach Johnson. I think Zach is uh, on form and uh, – I like what he's doing. He's playing hard. He's grinding hard. And I think he's prepping to peak right here uh, next week at the Masters. That's your sleeper pick, Bob. I, I, I like that. And obviously he's won it. You know, yeah. he, won it, uh, he won it wedging the par five to death, you know, and, <laughs> and, and proof that you don't have to always be long to, to play well there. So, um, you know, I, it's going to be a fascinating tournament in, in the sense that I, I think, there's a lot of guys that can win, uh, and there's a lot of guys that that we're going to be talking about. I mean, all the guys who've won this year, the, you know, the top names that we just mentioned, you got Bubba, you've got Adam Scott, you wonder about Henrik Stenson, what about Phil, does he have something going? Jason Day uh, is a guy that I really like. Uh, you know, there's 12, 13, 14 good names, and we haven't even mentioned Rory, who's going to be trying for his third straight major, and and uh, and 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 completing the career grand slam. So, you know, uh, there's been so much wonder about Tiger, but regardless of whether he's there or not, I, I think it sets up to be a really, really good Masters. And I don't know that Jimmy Walker is such a sleeper because I mean, you looked at his putting performance on Sunday, and Jordan on his heels making four birdies in a row. You know, he bogeyed what was it? 
14, um, you know, there was a two-shot swing. And then, you know, he proceeded to, you know, step it up, made a clutch putt on 15 and birdies on 16 and 17. I, I thought that was a great finish and it was a great duel uh, playing out to the end. There's no doubt. Jimmy Walker has been really tough here the last two years. He's been a heck of a player. And and you're right. I think sleeper's probably the bad word. A bad word. He, he's, he's underrated in that, you know, he's kind of been lurking around in these majors last year, and a bunch of them were his first time. And he's got that experience under his belt now. Winning five times has to give him confidence. That Ryder Cup performance has to give him some confidence. And, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, that – that that's when you jump forward and, and, and win a major. When when you've when you've gone through those trials and tribulations and found success and learn how to deal with it. You mentioned also in a story today that Adam Scott is going back to the long putter for the Masters. Yeah, it sounds like that's the case, um, and it makes perfect sense if you saw him putt at Bay Hill. Um, it was pretty pretty rough. Agree. He, he was way down the field list. He might have been last or second to last in the putting stats. Um, what's interesting about this to me is he putted really nicely at Doral with the short putter, his first tournament out. And then it started getting progressively worse. He didn't putt very well at Innisbrook. He missed the cut, putted really poorly at, at Bay Hill. I mean, it was really the reason why he wasn't in contention. And he had said all along he might put the long putter back in, and now he's decided to. And You know, I got some reaction to this on Twitter today about, you know, well, you know, of course – the anchored stroke is going to be illegal at the end of the year. He'll get if he wins, so he won't hear the end of it. You know, my attitude is: is the rule is the rule, and the rules allow it. And you know, I know there's other instances in golf when equipment has changed, and you know, I, I I'm having a hard time citing one right now. But you know, guys back in the day won with things that aren't allowed now under rules that aren't allowed now. Um, and you know, just this is how it is. I mean, it's uh, the rules allow it. Good for him if he wants to use it. He's going to have to reckon with it here uh, sooner rather than later and get used to the short one to keep his career going. But he's got four majors and, you know, another six, seven months before eight months before he's got to worry about having to go to a short putter or, or a non-anchored stroke. And as long as it's legal, I don't have any problem with it. You know, and, and speaking of putter changes, you know, Zach Johnson actually changed his putter. He had that Seymour putter in his bag forever. Uh, last week he comes up with uh, the, a new putter, and I don't think that helped him at all. But, uh, hey, listen, if it makes him want to go back to that Seymour and, you know, make friends with his old putter again, you know, I, I can see that happening when it comes to uh, the Masters for sure. Well, well, as you know, these guys fiddle around sometimes, and sometimes something just looks better. You know, it just looks better, and then – or, or, you know, even Adam has said that he, he used the long putter to train with. It helps him with with it, with, with training the, the eye and the stroke, what have you. So, hey, listen, I'm in favor of what works. And uh, these guys know better than any what works for them. And if, some, if a change sparks something, you know, go for it. So as you mentioned, Bob, the winner of the Shell Houston Open – has the possibility to earn an invitation to the one spot remaining at the Masters. Who's your uh, long shot on this one? Well, the guy I picked in my thing this week is already in the Masters. That's Matt Kuchar. Um, uh, so he wouldn't affect the Masters field if he were to win. I'm thinking a guy, um, for, you know, first-timer. Yeah, the Cinderella you know, story. 
Yeah, you know the. There's, there's, there's a lot of, there's, you know, obviously the majority of the field there is not in the Masters. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Matt Jones, who won last year's Shell Houston Open and got in the Masters the next week, is not in the Masters field. Now, that would be a pretty cool story for him to win again. Um, little disappointed to see that Harris English is not playing. He'd been teetering around getting in the Masters all year. He had fallen out of the top 50 and uh, lost the playoff at Torrey Pines, which was obviously a win there would have got him in, and then um, failed to get in the top 50. He's 53rd, and obviously the rankings don't mean anything now. It does, it's too late, but he didn't enter. So you can't win if you don't play. So he won't be playing in the Masters, which is, uh, you know, there's a heck of a player not in the Masters field. Well, there are some uh, players we're going get, to get to see this week that we haven't heard a lot of so far this season. Sergio Garcia, Lee Westwood, who, you know, is got seven, what, top 25s worldwide. He's, you know, his game seems to be peaking a little bit. Uh, of course, always uh, good good picks for the Masters. Louis Oosthuizen, um, I guess now, is he injury-free? He's recorded a couple of top tens in the Florida Swing. Yeah, I don't think he is injury-free. I think that's going to be a dicey issue always for him back problems which again of you know another thing to point to with tiger you just never know about that but you're right i mean you know we forget how great he played three years ago when bubba won his first one maybe had that um, albatross on the last day and and uh, lost the playoff to bubba and with that golf swing i don't understand why he doesn't win more i mean it's just such a really really nice golf swing and uh you know, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him up there next week either. So, and look at these. You just threw out a couple of names there that we hadn't mentioned earlier. That was sort of leading leading to my point even more about how um, you know how wide open it could be. I think there's so many different guys that uh, that have a chance, and that that we're not even you know a bunch of them we're not even talking about yet. Absolutely. So uh, it, it, we're a week away, Bob. I, I'm going to put out the little sniff meter here and say, who's, uh, who's your early uh, early pick here? I'm going with, um, with Jason Day. And it's because, and I will pick him in our pool next week too. So I'm not, I'm not wavering off of that. I just think that he's been close to the Masters two or three times already. And although he only has three tour wins, he's contended in a handful, five, six majors already. I think that's, I think that helps. I mean, uh, the fact that he's been in the heat in these big, big tournaments, obviously he can play these big courses. He's a long hitter. He won earlier at Torrey Pines. Um, not really right up there with the, with the names that people are talking about, so maybe that helps a little bit. And uh, I just uh, I just think it's his time. I kind of like I kind of like him as the pick next week. All right, Bob Herrig, live from the media center at the Shell Houston Open. As always, thanks for spending some time with us, the Golf Insiders. Check him out, ESPN.com. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740, the game. More golf talk coming up with Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. Stay with us. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play at Pebble, won't pay the price. 
We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G and Rich B. Rich B, we're going to go straight back to the Shell Houston Open. And one of our favorites, the best from the Golf Channel, Todd Lewis on the line. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well. How's the weather out there? Is it toasty? I uh, know. Actually, today it was a little rainy. I had a front that's going to that came through actually that's going to soften up this golf course just a hair, but not too much. It's still going to be pretty fast and firm. Yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, this golf course versus the Valero. I mean, is it going to uh, you know kind of benefit any player in particular? Well, this is a golf course where I mean. The good folks here at Houston Golf Association and the people that run the Shell Houston Open, they understand their position in the PGA Tour schedule, and that is the week before the first major of the year, and that is, of course, the Masters. And so what they try to do is certain up, set up rather certain conditions around the greens, especially, that will mimic Augusta National. So you're going to have some collection areas, some runoff areas, but more importantly, you're going to have some Fairly firm, fast greens. Uh, so because of that, uh, players like to come here and play this tournament and this golf course because it gets them kind of in a mindset heading up to Augusta National. So it's going to be a tough test. Uh, it's going to be much different than what players saw last week at the Valero Texas Open. Um, so uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got great players here. We had 16 of the top 30 in the world, but Henry Stinson has pulled out. Um, because he's battling the flu, and Jimmy Walker's not feeling too well either last week's winner, so he pulled out as well. But still, a very nice feel for the tournament that leads into the Masters. Now, a couple of people, uh, you know, that, uh, again, haven't really come out playing, uh, you know, super solid so far. We will get a chance to see Ricky Fowler. Um, we're going to see Justin Rose. Padre Harrington, who won here in the Florida Swing. So it's it's an interesting batch of players, Hunter Mahan and Phil Mickelson. We didn't talk about him in our last segment. Um, you know, bit of a struggle struggle on Sunday for Phil. Where did he finish? Plus four or something? A um, little bit of a surprise. What do you, what do you think about Phil as he as he well, comes into the Masters? I think Phil's problem is he's been battling the entire year. I'll never forget when he missed the cut on Friday at Torrey Pines for the Farmers Insurance Open, which is his hometown event. Uh, we missed the cut. I was interviewing him during our live coverage, and he said his putting was beyond pathetic. Um, and I think he struggled with that the entire year. He just hasn't figured out um, his rhythm. Um, he's, he's tinkered with some grips, uh, tinkered with some putters. Um, so I, I, I don't know how confident he is with a putter in his hand right now. Um, if he can maybe get some of that magic in that putter this week, um, then, yeah, he could he could contend at Augusta because he has the length and obviously he has the experience of winning there. So um, it's going to be an interesting week, maybe a pivotal week for, for Mickelson, not only as he heads to Augusta, but maybe as he heads to all the majors here in 2015. And he is a lefty, and uh, this golf course seems to be favoring the lefties uh, lately. This golf course or Augusta? Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Augusta. Yeah, I guess you're right. With Bubba Watson winning two of the last three years, so uh, and Phil Mickelson's won multiple times there too. So um, yeah, it, well, we we shall see. I mean, I, I I don't have a definitive favorite as we move closer to Augusta National. I mean, 
Uh, you know, Roy was playing so beautifully at the beginning of the year, but he seems to he he seems to have gone flat through the Florida swing. So you're not really sure that he's going to have um, his A game coming to Augusta. Adam Scott's messed around with some putters um, here and there. I think, to be honest with you, if you look at the top ten players in the world, there are two players that stand out to me. One is Bubba Watson because if you look at what he has done. Since last fall, since the Deutsche Bank Championship, he has yet to finish outside the top 25. And he's played wonderfully. Um, the other is the guy who won last week. Jimmy Walker is a legitimate threat to win the Masters. And last year, he played all four majors for the very first time in his career in one year. Um, and he top 10 in three of the four. And he made the cut in the other. Um, he, he top 10 last year at Augusta at the Masters. And he has a great ball flight, a really high ball flight. He's got tremendous length, and he is a very good putter, top five on the PGA Tour in strokes game putting. And obviously he knows how to win, being he's won now twice already this season, five times since the, middle, or since the fall of 2013. Jimmy Walker is a genuine threat, in my opinion, to win the Masters. I, I couldn't agree more, Todd. Uh, any news from the Golf Channel in terms of Tiger? I know, uh, you know, supposedly, well, not supposedly, he played yesterday. And I'm curious on your take. Um, you know, do you think, uh, I mean, do you think it's a, it's, it's a no-brainer that Tiger would show up to play or not? I mean, what, what's your take? I wouldn't use the word no-brainer in, in any sentence to describe Tiger Woods these days. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure. I don't know what he is calculating. Um, I don't. I look. I've heard all kinds of stories. We've all heard the rumors. Uh, some people have said that you know he's he's tearing up medalists. Some people say that he's struggling at medalists. That's his home course down in, in Jupiter. It was um, a practice round. Come on, <laughs> yeah, played against well, himself. That's, that's the big thing. I mean, it's. It's one thing to be beating it around your home course with no one really watching, but when you when you have the eyes watching you, that will be watching if Tiger Woods shows up at Augusta National. Maybe this year more than in 2010 when he came back from the scandal. Um, it it's going to test your nerves. It's going to test your confidence. It's going to test your DNA. Um, so. I don't know. I don't know if he's ready. I'm not sure Tiger knows if he's ready, even if he commits to play, if he, if he knows he's ready, um, at least from the evidence that I've seen so far. So we're just going to have to wait and see. I will tell you, if Tiger Woods does announce this week that he is going to play the Masters, it will be a circus. It will be m- much worse, in my opinion, from a hype perspective, from – uh, a ratings perspective, when I say worse, I wouldn't say worse. Worse or better. It's going to be as much tension as it was last year at the PGA Championship when he showed up on Wednesday prior to the PGA Championship coming off a of back injury, coming after pulling out of the Bridgestone Invitational, and you know, and the whole place went crazy. Uh, and by the way, he, he ultimately missed the cut that week as well. We're talking to Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, and maybe someone they could benefit from this um... – who's sort of been taken off the radar a little bit, is Rory, because let's not forget here, he's going for his Grand Slam. Well, yeah, he's first off, he's not going to be off the radar. He's definitely going to be focused. Well, he'll be 1A as far as focus goes if Tiger shows up. But you're right. I mean, I think there's no one that is rooting more for Tiger Woods to play at the Masters 
than Roy McIlroy. And you could just look at the PGA Championship last year as a perfect example. Roy McIlroy had just won the Open Championship or the British Open. He had just won the WGC Bridgestone Invitational the previous week. And he showed up at Augusta, excuse me, at Augusta, at Valhalla, and, uh, and then everybody was talking about Tiger. The whole golf world was focused on Tiger, and Rory just became more or less an afterthought, to be honest with you. And because of that, that white-hot spotlight got deflected towards Tiger Woods, and Roy McIlroy was able to go on and win the PGA Championship. So you're right. In my opinion, I think it benefits tremendously Roy McIlroy as he chases that career grand slam. If Tiger doesn't show up, then, then Roy will be the entire focus, in my opinion, of you know, up heading into round number one because everybody will be talking about his pursuit of the grand slam. Well, always a huge buildup of excitement and anticipation for the first major of the year. And I don't want to let you go before mentioning a you know a new tradition to Masters Week, which is the Drive, Chip, and Putt Championship, which will air Sunday on the Golf Channel. Bubba Watson in New York City uh, last week promoting the drive, chip, and putt. He was on Jimmy Fallon and had the uh, winner, I think it was, yeah, the seven- and nine-year-old girls' division, such a cutie. Kelly Sue, I believe, was her name. She's going to be competing again this year in the 10- to 11-year-olds. This is uh, such a cool event, Todd. Right. It is a great event. I was lucky to be on the ground last year to go to the National for the drive, chip, and putt. I won't be there this year. I'm, I'm disappointed I'll be here in Houston for the show. He's open. Um but it is cool to see the kids walk on to golf's holy ground at Augusta National. You know, it's considered the most prestigious golf club in the world. And to see these kids, you know, their face lights up, uh, you know. <laughs> they, um, you know, a lot of these kids, to be honest with you, come from municipal golf courses and rural areas where, you know, they don't have perfectly manicured courses. But of course, they have all of that at Augusta National. And to see their faces, they are treated like a participant in the Masters, more or less, uh, at least for that one day. It's really cool to watch. They got game. I mean, I, I, there's no doubt. Just as we saw with the Little League World Series and some of these guys went on to, to play at the Major League level and some went on to be All-Stars, um, that I, there's no doubt, in my opinion, we are looking at some future stars on the world stage of golf by watching these, these young boys and Young girls compete in the drive, chip, and putt. Yep, it's open to ages 7 to 15. There are uh, four age categories, and the finals will be broadcast on the Golf Channel. Mm-hmm. Hats off to the USGA, the Masters Tournament, and the PGA of America for putting this together the second year. And uh, when will it be airing, Todd? Um, it's going to be airing Sunday. I'm I, Oh, man, you put me on the spot. I hope my bosses aren't listening Sorry. because I don't have the exact time <laughs> in front of me. Uh, but check your listings for su- for Sunday. It's going to be on Sunday. Um, yeah, and, and it's, uh, it's like absolutely said, riveting. It, I mean, if you imagine being a little kid or even, you know, a junior that's getting to play and walk the grounds of Augusta, it doesn't get any better than that. You're exactly right. And I apologize for not having time. I'm sitting here focused on the Shell Houston Open because I'm working this event. I'm not working to drive, chip, and putt, but I can promise you it's going to be worth a watch. Absolutely. Well, Todd, thanks for spending some time with us. We'll send you back to uh, your job there, and we appreciate, as always, you spending some time with us. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. Stay with us. We've got much more coming up. 
Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so We're back, the Golf Insiders. Wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G. And Rich B., as we were just talking, Rich B., the Drive Chip and Putt Championship is this Sunday from Augusta National, featuring boys and girls ages 7 to 15, competing in four age categories. It will be aired on the Golf Channel beginning at 8 a.m. Golf Channel, 8 a.m. Don't miss it. Really awesome. And... The LPGA, Rich B, is heating up. They started the year uh, right in our backyard in Ocala with the uh, Coates Golf Championship and then have been abroad, came back for the Founders Tournament in Arizona, played uh, last week out in Carlsbad, the Kia Classic, which Christy Kerr was the big winner. And first major of the year upon us, the ANA Inspiration out there in lovely Palm Springs, California. We're going live to the media center there. Steve Eubanks, Global Golf Post. Hey, Steve. How are you, Holly? I'm just thrilled to be in a part of this intelligent golf conversation. Well, and <laughs> hey. Sure the IQ points have gone up or down with my presence, but it's great to be here. Awesome. Uh, so give us a little update on what's going on with the LPGA Tour. You know, as I said, they've been playing around the world. They've been back for a couple of weeks, and boom, we've got the first major of the year. We've got the first major of the year. It is gorgeous here. It's been a very dry year in uh, in uh, the, the desert, so uh, they're throwing a lot of water on this golf course. The greens are softer than normal. The rough is higher than they've seen in several years. Got a new title sponsor, all Nippon Airways. And uh, everybody's very excited about it. Uh, we had Stacy Lewis and Lydia Coe in the uh, media center today. Uh, both of them were extremely complimentary of the condition of the golf course. And, uh, boy, they, they're, they're just excited to get the major championship season underway, especially Lydia Coe, who is, uh, you know, on the cusp of breaking a record that uh, really no one thought would, would be broken. She has had 28 consecutive rounds under par. Uh, the record is 29, established by Annika Sornstam. And, uh, you know, one more under par round away from tying, two from breaking. Yeah, I would say she is redefining the word phenom. I mean, what a superstar. And, you know, we were both there last year at the CMA, uh, you know, championship, watched her uh, take away that title at 17 years old. And I just could not get over just the composure, the confidence. She she spoke in the press room and, and played like someone that had been on tour 10 years. You know, she did. And, and the interesting thing about that is I just spoke to her about it. I said, you have, um, you know, you ha- you, we speak to you every week about pressure. And you look at it like we're speaking Farsi, as if you don't even know what it is. Uh, and, and yet you, you go out and consistently do these things that a 17-year-old shouldn't be doing. Uh, and, you know, she didn't really have an answer other than to say, oh, yeah, you know, I do feel a little nervous on the first tee when everybody's standing around hoping that I'll win every week. But beyond that, I mean, it, it's, it's truly like watching someone uh, who, is, who has been transported here from another planet go out there and play because it's everything the model golfer should be. Uh, and you know, she just embodies it all. 
Yeah, she is an old soul in a young body, uh, you know, just uh, beyond her years, both in maturity and, you know, uh, talent and physical ability. A lot of good things happening. Mike Wan, the commissioner, getting a a, a six-year extension uh, to uh, 2020, I believe. And um, what can you tell us about Michelle Wee? How's her game? What's what's going on out there on the tour? Well, she just walked past me, and uh, you know, so I'm uh, I haven't seen her hit a shot yet this week. But the last time I did see her, she was struggling. And um, look, there, there was there was a lot of stuff just in the golf swing itself that that was a little disconcerting. Uh, rehearsing a big head dip uh, on her practice swings uh, and tilting onto her left hip attempting to do some things that just didn't look natural at all. Some of the more solid shots she hit hooked 15 to 20 yards. Uh, you know, it, it just wasn't it wasn't the ball striking and the comfort level uh, that you would hope from someone that's entering the major championship season. And you know she's had she's had I believe it was six rounds under in the 60s. Uh, she hasn't had you know we're talking about Lydia having 28 under par. Uh, you know I think I think Michelle has had that many over par. So it's been a been a tough opening to the year for her, uh, and you just kind of hope that she's able to get both her her golf swing and her mind together as we uh, get into this meat of the season. Well, she sure moves the needle. There's no about no doubt about that. How about Stacy Lewis? How's her game looking? How about Christy Kerr? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I actually in Phoenix had dinner with Christy one night, and she told me that she's hitting it better than she has in ten years. Now, I always take that with a grain of salt whenever a player says something like that because, you know, they went out and hit it great one day and they've decided they're, you know, they're, they're playing great all the time. Well, then she goes out and wins. And, uh, you know, I think that, that she's gone back to, uh, back to one of her old teachers. Um, she's, she's really more confident now. She's, uh, she's hitting the shot that, you know, they're shaping the shot that she's most comfortable shaping now. Uh, and her short game is as good as it's ever been. So I think on that front, she's always she, she is where she says she is, and that is uh, playing some of her best golf. Um, as for Stacy, Stacy has you know she's had a number of top ten finishes already this year. She hasn't been able to break through with a win, despite having some very good opportunities, including in Phoenix when she was leading going into the final round. Um, so it was a you know it, it's been a tough haul for her. She played great on Sunday there. Thought she played good enough to win. Hasn't broken through. But it's just a matter of time. She keeps putting herself in that position, and she's going to win and, and win a lot this year. And, of course, uh, our one of our favorites from Orlando, Paula Creamer, just got married, and things seem to be uh, you know, pretty nice in Paula's world right now. She would love this tournament, wouldn't she? She really would love this tournament, and I think the way the golf course is set up right now, it may, it may suit her. I mean, the, the greens are relatively soft. She's going to be hitting longer shots into these greens because she, she's not as she's not as long as some of the other players. So the ability to stop it on the putting surface is going to be important. Um, you know, after her win last year in, in dramatic fashion in Singapore, I think it's going to be important for her to keep that streak alive, particularly in a Solheim Cup year. All right, Steve. So who are you picking for the winner? Who's going to be hosting the trophy on Sunday? Be foolish not to, to bet against Lydia Ko. I mean, look, she's been so consistent for so long, playing so well, and so unflappable that uh, that I think, you know, it, it's, it's time for her to have her first major championship, and I think this week could be it. All right. 
Steve Eubanks, thanks for spending some time with us. Global Golf Post, you can get it every Monday in your mailbox. Sign up for free, globalgolfpost.com. Thank you, Steve, so much, and have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. See you soon. All right, Rich B. Quick, who's your pick? The LPGA first major of the year. Uh, Stacy Lewis. I like uh, Stacy. Ah, uh, you took mine too. I'm uh, going to reach in my back pocket and go for Paula. Thanks and, for uh, listening, everyone. We'll be back next week, Masters Week. We're out of here. Bye bye. <laughs>